0: Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy-to-understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about a zero interest rate environment. So I think you'd be excused for concluding that you know most developed economies are gradually making their way to uh, zero interest rates. Um, obviously, the Federal Reserve in the US uh, cut rates recently. The RBA has cut rates. Um, UK's uh, cash rate's about 0.75, ours is 1%. The US is uh, 2.25%, I think, from memory. Uh, Europe is uh, zero uh, slash negative. Uh, Japan is uh, zero as well. So in terms of mortgage rates... Uh, certainly we're seeing some really low rates around the, the world. The US mortgage rates are at 3%, in the UK about 2%. Uh, and I heard recently um, from a, a journo that one of their friends uh, refinanced a mortgage in France for half a percent. Uh, this week, the uh, in Australia, the five-year rate for own occupiers uh, fell below uh, 3% as well, so 299 or if the LVR is a little bit lower, even lower than that, that's for unoccupied uh, loans. And in fact, a couple of weeks ago, a Denmark bank uh, announced it would pay borrowers half a percent to take out a mortgage. So there you go, negative interest rates for the first time in history, uh, as far as I'm aware. So you know, anyone that had a mortgage in the early 1990s, where interest rates were uh, double digits, would look at those rates and they're almost uh, unfathomable. Um, but uh, with low interest rates, I think, creates opportunities, but also creates risks. And that's what I wanted to really talk about uh, during this podcast, In, is what are the risks and, and what are the opportunities. And firstly, uh, I think let's look to the Australian market. And if we look at the yield curve, um, certainly the market is predicting that the RBA will cut rates by another half a percent between now and mid uh, next year, 2020. Uh, so the cash rate could drop to half a percent. And if that happens, obviously, um, uh, mortgage rates could come down even further. And uh, Philip Lowe, the the governor of the uh, Reserve Bank of Australia, uh, said in a speech in July that, um, and I quote, whether or not mon- monetary easing is needed, it is reasonable to expect an extended period of low interest rates, um, unquote, and uh, end quote, I should say, and um uh, commentators, uh, you know, around the market are suggesting maybe we're in this uh, low interest rate cycle for a decade or possibly longer. And Japan, for instance, has been stuck on zero interest rates for twenty years. Um, in terms of how low can rates go? Well, even if the cash rate dropped to zero, uh, the mortgage rate's still going to need to be at least two percent, uh, according to the bank, at least. Uh, Net interest rate margins is the margin that the bank makes, the gross profit margin the bank makes from lending uh, money. So it's really the difference between the interest rate it charges you and the interest rate it borrows uh, for. And net interest rate margins uh, in Australia are around about 2%, slightly under 2%, but have sort of hovered around that 2% mark for nearly two decades Um, And that 2% is really, you know, the the money the bank needs to cover all their costs, plus make a a pretty healthy profit and pay dividends to shareholders and so forth. So even if money costs zero, uh, they're still going to have to charge you 2% as an interest rate uh, to preserve their profitability. Now, of course, if interest rates went negative, you know, like they are in some countries in Europe and... Uh, then possibly uh, rates can fall below two percent, but really I guess what I'm saying is that if interest rates today are between, let's say, two and three percent, you know some rates are below three uh, percent. There's probably, irrespective of what the RBA, RBA does, there's probably limited upside in terms of further interest rate, uh, further mortgage interest rate cuts. So let's look at some of the uh, threats and opportunities that a low interest rate environment. Well, let's talk about some of the opportunities and threats a low interest rate environment creates. Well, I, f- I think the first one is that the the consequence of low interest rates means uh, significantly lower taxation benefits. Now, obviously, if we borrow to invest in property, for example, and interest rates are 7%, and we're getting, a, say, a 3% mortgage yield, uh, so that's a gross yield, um, we're going to crystallise a pretty sizable income loss, and we can offset that loss against other incomes such as our employment income, and then we get a nice healthy tax refund at the end of the financial year, and that's often referred to as negative gearing. Now, that's all fine and good when interest rates are 7%, but when interest rates have a 2 or 3 in front of them, um, that loss is greatly reduced. It's not eliminated. I mean, properties will still tend to produce a negative uh, cash flow, Um, but compared to 7%, you're getting probably... Um, your, your tax benefit is reduced by over 60% than what it was when it was 7%. So I, I think saving tax is no longer a big draw card for property investors, which is good news, by the way, because we shouldn't be enticed into a certain asset class investment or investment strategy purely in the pursuit of taxation benefits. Uh, we want to build wealth ultimately, and and tax benefits might be just a consequence of doing that. But uh, if you've relied upon uh, gearing into property as a way of saving tax, uh, think again, it's probably not going to save you very much tax and possibly not very much tax over the next 10 years. So it might be a good time to think about other mechanisms or strategies that you might be able to do to manage your taxation liabilities. Uh, Also, another consideration of low interest rates is the opportunity cost. So, um, in a low interest rate environment, you've got to think about what else could you do with your cash. And if you think you can um, use that cash uh, to some uh, or invest that cash and generate a ret- rate of return in excess of the mortgage rate, well, then you might be better off borrowing rather than putting your own cash uh, in. So, for example, you know, you could, for example, put your money into super uh, if you had some cash and then go and borrow uh, to, to invest in a property as opposed to, um, putting some cash into that proper deal and only borrowing the difference of what you need. Um, so, of course, you need to borrow safely and, you know, it needs to be in contact context with your overall plans and so forth, and you need to be prudent about it. So I'm not just saying, well, low interest rates, money is cheap, let's go and borrow as much as we can. That's not it at all. It's really about the best allocation of your cash. And if we if we agree that interest rates are going to be low for, say, the next uh, decade, then your cash could be used uh, better elsewhere, uh, such as super or other activities, or even uh, lifestyle uh, uh, benefits, rather than uh, putting into and reducing your borrowings. Uh, The cash flow cost of property uh, to invest in property today is obviously, as I've just previously spoken about, has greatly reduced. Um, you know, for example, I looked at the, or I projected what a $750,000 property would cost you to hold over a 15-year period compared, uh, based on interest rates today, compared when interest rates were 7%. And in today's dollars, the cost to hold a $750,000 investment property is circa $60,000 today's dollars. So if you go and borrow the full cost, You've not put one cent of your own money in. The only money you've got to put in is the holding costs and that's $60,000 to hold it for 15 years. And typically after 15 years, it'll start paying for itself at least. So that's your that's the total cost it's going to cost you to acquire a, a $750,000 investment. At more normalised interest rates, say 7%, that cost is $220,000 in today's dollars. So that's really three times uh more than at 7% than what it sort of costs you today to hold that property. Now, assuming that capital growth prospects are the same in a 7% interest rate environment as it is in today's interest rate environment, and I don't think that's an unrealistic uh, assumption. Uh, if we're selecting, you know, an investment grade asset, so a really really good quality property, then arguably the net returns from investing in property are greatly improved as a result of low interest rates. And so one of the problems though with low interest rates typically implies low inflation, which is correct. We do have low inflation uh, and that's typically going to impact growth rates in the property market as a whole. So if we look at median growth rates, for example. But um, be careful not to get sidetracked by looking at or making that assumption and looking too heavily at that macroeconomic data because um, we don't really care about what property is doing as a whole, for example, in Melbourne or Sydney or Brisbane. What we really care about is what is investment-grade, well-located investment-grade property doing, and what are the supply and demand fundamentals of that investment-grade property that is probably going to have an impact on price over the next 10, 20, 30 years. That's what we're really worried about. And so I believe if we go and select a good quality asset, with all the right attributes and fundamentals, um, the, the, the reality is that a low interest rate environment means it's going to co- cost me one third uh, of the amount of cash flow to hold that property, invest in that property that otherwise would. So dramatic increase, uh, I think, in overall investment returns uh, from property, underlying the fact that I'm talking about investment grade property here. Of course, another advantage of a low interest rate environment is that if, um, well, not if, investment uh, mortgage rates, fixed or variable, currently range between, uh, this is on an interest only basis, between 36 and 4.5%, depending on whether you're uh, variable or fixed or whatever term, but tend to be if you're... Um, you've got an investment loan out there on interest-only repayments, your, your interest rate typically today ranges between 36 and 4.5%. Now, if you have a look at the average yield, well, not the average yield, the yield from the ASX 200 or 300 index grossed up for imputation credits, the yield over the past year has been over 5%. So um, that means that if I go and borrow some money, and invested in the ASX 200 or 300, um, and I'm paying less than 4.5%, it means that that investment will pay for itself. In fact, it will put some cash in my pocket, and the upside is whatever capital growth I might get from that investment over time. So in fact, it's a very cheap time to invest in shares, for example, and in fact, that's a positive cash flow uh, investment strategy, um, uh, and of course, there's uh, fewer costs uh, that you need to pay out of that, that dividend income, in order to invest in shares at investment management cost, uh, maybe some uh, uh, you know paying for some advice and so forth. Um, so it's a it's a it's a very attractive time I think to invest in the share market, if we again assume interest rates are going to be low for the next decade, uh, and of course uh, if we assume and or take a very prudent approach. Uh, to our borrowing, so that it, that is not over-borrow. Um, I guess one proviso to that share strategy would be if you invest all your money in the Aussie market, um, that's fine. That's what the yield will be. And in fact, in the UK market, uh, the FTSE 100 yield is currently 4.8%, uh, so it's almost just as good. Um, but if you have a look elsewhere in Europe and uh, the US, your yield's going to be closer to 2%. So now, depending on how your portfolio is constructed, constructed, and you should seek some diversification there, uh, at a portfolio level, maybe the yield is a little bit contracted, but really the theme is the same: is that the dividend yields in some markets are now higher than interest rates, uh, and so it's a, a cash flow costless exercise to invest. Um, what are some of the negatives of a low interest rate environment? Well, the first one is that there could be uh, pressure on rents. Uh, so rents could either stagnate or even fall because in a low interest rate environment, at some point it's going to become cheaper to own a property rather than rent it. Um, and in that situation, we will get probably lower demand for rent from renters than they are uh, and an increased demand for purchases. Well, that's good for property prices, um, but not so good for existing property investors. Uh, Of course, not all renters will qualify for a mortgage, and one of the big hurdles is having a sufficient enough deposit. Um, So, of course, it's not going to be a mass influx, but it could mean that um, rental growths will stagnate for a period of time. Of course, it's going to depend on the geographical location uh, of your particular property, so that's really just a generic comment across the property market as a whole. Um, One of the bigger concerns of low interest rates is really the allocation of capital, so when money is cheap, uh, investors don't necessarily, uh, um, arguably, less prudent about their investment decisions because they, they, there's not necessarily um, a financial imperative to do it. When money's cheap, it's not that big a deal. You only need to earn a smaller return uh, to more than offset how much the money's cost you. And what that creates sometimes is asset price bubbles and misallocation of capital. So that is um, people might, um, people institutions. Uh, other investors, um, speculators, might go and borrow large sums of money and invest in assets that they wouldn't have otherwise invested in if interest rates were higher. Um, And so it's not necessary that money will flow to the good quality investments and flow away from the bad quality ones. Um, And sometimes that can create bubbles in share markets and property markets and so forth. Um, So nothing you really need to be worried about as an individual investor, uh, because asset selection, as I've keep as I keep prattling on about is absolutely key so as long as you're buying a good quality asset in the long run it's going to work out for you Um, and that's really uh, the summation of uh, the strategy is really that um, or the podcast I should say is that uh, money is cheap it looks like it's going to get cheaper probably Uh, it looks like it's going to stay cheap for a longer or more protracted period of time Um, And that creates opportunities for investors that are prudent in terms of the amount that they borrow and the assets that they invest in. And in fact, the best way to uh, mitigate some of the risks that, that are created by a low interest rate environment is to level up on quality. So with respect to property, it's really about buying property that's in very short supply that's that's almost always going to be uh, benefit from excessive demand and growing demand, uh, and when it's uh, in regards to share markets, it's about investing in markets that are exhibiting better valuation principles. So your starting price, if you invest in stocks when stocks are cheap, uh, typically studies show that your returns in the long run are going to be good but the reverse is true as well. So um, tilt towards markets that are invested, uh, sorry, that are priced at the moment more attractively than others. Uh, And again, that's how you can protect yourself from asset price bubbles or any sort of uh, market manipulation that might go on as a result of a low interest rate environment. And remember, the core principle really from investing is, uh, even though we might be entering into uncharted waters in terms of a zero interest rate environment or maybe even a negative interest rate environment, that the, the best way to sort of protect yourself from that and many other risks is really quality. Quality is the best refuge uh, for a long-term investor. Uh, a quality investment will typically produce quality returns in the long run. And so that's the best thing that you can do. Be prudent, be conservative and only invest in quality assets. Interesting times we live in. Anyway, that's it for me. Until next week, bye for now.